thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey there, Mums the Word listeners. It's Kaz Jaff here, and thanks for tuning in again today. We have a great story up for you uh, from a mum, uh, also a listener, who currently lives in Amsterdam, and uh, we're talking all about the GAPS diet and a healing journey with that diet. Uh, Amanda lives in Amsterdam with her husband and three-year-old son. She's from Canada originally and has been living the Dutch dream for the past 12 years. She has a background in journalism and works in communications for a not-for-profit organization. Amanda is passionate about many things, but her focus for the past two years has been healing her son's chronic health issues. Her son has been battling with leaky gut, sometimes called gut dysbiosis, and painful eczema since he began eating solid foods. When no specialist or treatment could offer relief, Amanda turned to the GAPS diet and that's when the road to healing began. I'm not going to share too much about the episode because it's all there for you to listen to and I know you're going to be super inspired by this by this mama. Um, yeah, very inspiring at uh, the lengths and determination that she has gone to to heal her son. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, Amanda, to the show. Very happy to have you on Mums the Word all the way from Amsterdam. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a Canadian expat. I've been in Amsterdam for 12 years now with my partner, Grant, and I have a three-year-old son, Duke. I work as a writer for a not-for-profit company, and I've also had a baking company and do some volunteer work and... Yeah, we've been on a GAPS journey to fix my son's chronic health issues for yeah, the so last year. That's what we're going to talk about this episode. And actually, I didn't know about the baking company, so that's um, interesting <laughs> to know. That's probably helpful with this whole process too. Um, well, basically, let's assume that people out there listening know nothing about GAPS. So I'd really mm-hmm. love you to share your whole journey with Duke and what, you know, how you found it and, and just, yeah, basically um, what you've learned so we can help some more mums out there. Sure. Um, the GAPS diet stands for the gut and psychology syndrome. And it was, uh, the, it's based on a book written by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. So she's based in Cambridge. She has her own clinic there. And she has a degree in medicine and postgrad degrees in uh, neurology and nutrition. And she had a son with a severe learning disability. And this is what led her to, um, this journey of discovering the connection between gut health and psychology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and in her research, she, uh, uh, over, you know, several decades found more connection. There was more connections, not just psychology, but also with things like, um, IBS and, uh, ulcer, uh, ulcer colitis, as well as skin conditions like eczema and, really bad psoriasis. Mm -hmm. And so I came across GAPS because Duke, when he was born, he was uh, quite a big baby. He went, he went quite late. So I, he was born 15 days uh, past my due date and it ended up uh, after a very long labor, we uh, ended up having an emergency C-section. And I think that was kind of where it all started um, because Duke never had the transfer of vaginal bacteria, which there's a lot of research now that, that it seeds that the baby's gut. Mm-hmm. And so everything was great with Duke until he was uh, about eight months old and we started baby led weaning. We started uh, with uh, organic fruits, well, first sweet potatoes and uh, chicken bones, that sort of thing. Big chicken bones, not little bones. And, I noticed a couple months after that he started having what looked like allergic like reactions on his face. So just really, really red, uh, rashy cheeks and um, his poops just always were gross. And when you're a new mom and you're used to um, breast milk poops for uh, almost a year, you think, oh, okay, is this what 
poop looks like when you start eating food. And you always hear like, yes, the poops will change, but it just, they were really disgusting. And I, I, poop is a big part of the gaps journey. So I will probably talk about poop just to warn your uh, oh, listeners. Okay. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then we thought, okay, let's start eliminating things. So we would eliminate something and then it was just everything, everything we tried, he was reacting to. He had terrible bloating, terrible gas. Um, he would wake up six, seven, eight times a night and that's when I really felt like something wasn't uh, right. And we took him to have some allergy tests. Everything came back negative. He was seeing a, a naturopath, and the naturopath um, gave us some supplements, so probiotics, digestive enzymes, and some homeopathic um, remedies. And they were very expensive, and we didn't really see a lot of healing. Um, he had some initial stool tests done with the naturopath and the results were pretty shocking. So they test for things, uh, like your microbiome flora and everything came back really bad. So all of the resident bacteria that's supposed to be there wasn't there. And all of the opportuni opportunistic, uh, bacteria was there in really big numbers, too high numbers. The, his, um, the pH of his gut was also really uh, too acidic. And it was, yeah, definitely a, quite, a, quite a shock to see it on, on paper. He also had a lot of uh, heavy metals and toxins. So how old were, was he at this point when he did this testing? Uh, he was around uh, 10 months. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, for the first first round of tests was around ten months, and um, so after the, the the supplement program with the naturopath uh, wasn't working, um, I uh, noticed this patch of, on his ankle of tough red skin that was getting increasingly itchy and kind of angry looking. And I took him to the house, uh, to the to the GP, and the, he said, yeah, it's probably just a bit of eczema. It's not really a big deal. A lot of kids get it. And then we, uh, after Duke's first birthday, we went to uh, Croatia. And normally, we follow a whole foods paleo diet at home. So Duke never really ate a lot of bread or processed food. I would make everything from scratch for him. We only ate organic. Uh, that was something really important for us. But when you're on vacation, you know, you kind of let things slip a little bit. You don't have access to a kitchen. And when we were out, I would uh, let him have some bread from the table and maybe some uh, calamari that was fried. And then when we got back to Amsterdam, his eczema turned very quickly from a very small patch that we could just put cream on to mm, uh, open bloody wound from on both of his legs it happened really suddenly from his uh, ankle to his knee and I freaked out um, we went to the house arts uh, sorry the GP again and they made us a referral for the hospital pediatrician to an allergy specialist they tested for uh, allergies again for the typical um, culprits gluten lactose nuts everything and eggs and everything came back negative and the pediatrician took about 10 seconds to look at his eczema. And she said, yep, that's really bad. Uh, a lot of kids get eczema. Here's uh, a year subscription worth of a cortisone cream. And I left feeling very, uh, yeah. Deflated. Deflated because um, Duke had never been on antibiotics. Um, I'd never given him any over-the-counter medication. We'd been trying really hard to keep his diet clean, and then suddenly I was given a prescription of steroid cream. It just didn't really sit right with me. I, at that point, just went on a mission to figure out what else I could do to support him without slathering his legs with steroid cream. Yeah. Um, he was getting Chinese uh, uh, acupressure massages from a Chinese doctor three, four times a week. Um, I was taking him to a massologist. I'm not sure if you have these in Australia, but it was it's like bioresonance um, testing. Yeah, I'm and, not sure if we have them either, but I know what it is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we were just, I was taking him uh, trying everything. for adjustments, just trying everything. 
and nothing was really working. And the eczema was so bad. It was awful. We couldn't give him baths anymore because anytime his legs weren't covered up, he would scratch them so violently that they would be uh, pouring blood. It was awful. So is he at this point having diarrhea or constipation or? It was. He was never constipated. Poop. The poop was just always super uh, loose, full of undigested food, uh-huh. uh, very mucousy, and really putrid. Like, I know that poop never smells lovely, but <laughs> this was this was sulfuric, acidic, rotten Sour, smelling poop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was just always so bloated. I mean, he was born uh, ten pounds, so he's always been a you know a l- lovely chubby guy, but. He was his tummy was always rock hard and bloated. Um, so then, just research led me to um, the GAPS diet, and it was I was researching eczema, and then the, then I was reading a lot about the connection between gut problems and eczema. And Duke had both of those things, and I joined the uh, group on Facebook called GAPS Kids. Um, it's, uh, filled with super knowledgeable, uh, not only GAPS practitioners, but, um, thousands and thousands of parents whose, uh, families and children have been on this diet, some for a year, some for a month, but also others for 10 years. Um, and just asked all my questions, got a lot of feedback and, and I was so desperate. I bought the book that night, um, and it came a couple of days later. I read it from cover to cover, and I said to my husband, "We're doing this." And the next day, we started with the intro diet, and it's uh, pretty intense. I mean, you already um, are very whole foods, paleo family. You know, watches everything. What What is the difference? Like, maybe you could go through what the intro diet is. It's super restrictive, yeah. from what I know. It's super restrictive. And luckily, my son has always been a great eater. So he will eat whatever is put in front of him. He loves vegetables. Um, So the intro diet is basically about eliminating everything that is difficult to digest from the diet and to just give the gut a break and time to heal and rest. The first phase of the the intro diet is really um, bone short cooked uh, bone broth made from uh, organic grass-fed, if you can get them, bones, so beef, chicken, uh, or fish. And uh, every meal is accompanied with a cup of broth. And then in terms of food, it's meats uh, that are simmered in broth and non-starchy vegetables simmered in broth. That's the first phase of the diet. So Duke was eating pretty much the same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Yeah. And then what happens is when they first go on the diet, everything gets worse because their body starts releasing all of these toxins and um, that's called die off. And his and his eczema was just at that point so bad that you're you're, we were thinking, oh, my God, we're making it worse. And then that's when the, the community, the GAPS community reassures you, this is very normal. This is what happens. It's a good thing. It's the body releasing all that terrible stuff it's been storing up. And then we move to the second phase of the diet, uh, which is um, you add in some egg yolks. And you use you add them in raw, and egg yolks are excellent for uh, liver support, which we knew that Duke had problems with. And we stayed in that phase for um, a really, really long time because that's usually the camp out phase. So kids that have um, really bad issues stay there for a long time, sometimes uh, in Duke's case, almost a year. Sometimes people stay in it for um, two two days uh, or a week. Uh, I think the recommendation is um, a week for every stage. So, so how he you, was having. Sorry to interrupt. How are you feeding you know, raw egg yolks to a one-year-old? I mean, is that in a smoothie or? You would mix them into the broth. Right. Okay. So the broth would be warm and then you would mix them into the broth. So it almost cooks and- it a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the broth, I mean, you're feeding it to a one-year-old, so the yeah, broth is so going to be yeah, yeah. piping hot. Um, but if you're getting good quality eggs, the, the the risk of salmonella, I think it's like one in 700 eggs, is contaminated. So um, we 
bought all of our uh, all of our eggs and meat and vegetables from local organic farmers. Mm-hmm. We we were we knew that the eggs that we were getting were in good quality. Um, and then ferment, fermented products are a big, big part of GAPS as well. So they say when you start um, to give fermented products, you start very, very small. So with a little uh, spoon or half a spoonful or an eighth of a spoonful of um, sauerkraut juice. So it's just the liquid from sauerkraut that you make yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you slowly start to increase the dosage until you start to see um, the die off and then you stay there. So Duke's eczema got um, much better in a very short period of time. Um, And we were, then we knew it was working. It it was amazing. But he was having other kinds of die-off symptoms. It's called P-tox. And so a lot of the toxins get released through urine. And kids that um, go through die-off just are peeing like crazy. We were just going through a lot of laundry and sheets and pajamas. And it was just amazing uh, considering that his water intake hadn't really drastically increased how much pee was coming out. And then, you know, it's working. So we recently just increased his probiotic dosage. And the first thing that happened was uh, 10 days of crazy peeing. And then it stopped. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. And then one thing that I know, um, just because I know you, is that we didn't mention is that you've been breastfeeding this whole time. So when we're talking about a, you know, a dysbiosis or an imbalance in in the bacteria of the gut, and where you know you've got a real imbalance of, like you said, the the opportunistic ones are there and the ones that should be there are not there. I mean, you know, from what I know from from breastfeeding, is that's also an opportunity for you to bring good bacteria into there. What does the gut yeah. say about that? Um, the GAPS diet says that breastfeeding you should do it. It's the best thing um, um, for their gut. If you can breastfeed, breastfeed as long as possible, mm-hmm. especially in Duke's case, because he was born by C-section. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that he um, needed the breast milk just to help support his immune system. So yeah. Yeah. he's um, three, just over three, and I'm still breastfeeding him. And I don't plan to stop until uh, we see some really sustained healing because I know that as soon as I stop breastfeeding, you know, his immune system has to stand on its own and it's not quite ready to do that yet. Yeah, I get that. So um, that's the second phase of the diet. And Duke was uh, on this diet for a long time. Um, So we started in September 2014. And then at the end of uh, December, when we started seeing all this you know, his eczema had basically completely disappeared. He had super smooth skin on his entire leg. We were able to give him baths again. So for months and months, we couldn't give him a bath. We were just washing him with a cloth. And then you can start in phase two as well. You can start giving them ghee. And mm-hmm. you, if you suspect that they have an a, a intolerance to dairy, there's a protocol in the book where you introduce it. Um, and we started giving him uh, kefir and also uh, yogurt, which we would make ourselves. So mm-hmm. we have a yogurt maker and, and you ferment it for 24 hours. Yeah. And then in December, we kind of started jumping forward. And I think this is where a lot of GAPS parents that are on this journey for the first time can make mistakes because you get really, you feel bad because your kid is on such a limited diet and they're around other kids who are eating fruit and snacks and you're, you're constantly trying to, you know, steer your kids away from the snack table at a kid's birthday party, for example. And then as soon as you start to see that things are going well, you start pushing, pushing through the rest of the intro diet. And we were um, really just, we, we were letting him have French fries if we were out with him. And then things just got bad, really bad again in February. And we were, we went back a stage to the diet and, and kept him there for a while. And then we did something uh, which I think a lot of people on this diet should do. And that's have a consultation with a certified GAPS consultant 
Um, there's lots of them everywhere and you can find them online. Um, we got a lot of great advice and she kind of gave us a lot of confidence again and faith in the diet. Mm -hmm. And we went back a stage and then we found, uh, my son was changing Duke's diaper and (laughs) called me into the room and he said, I think Duke just swallowed some string. And I thought that was quite bizarre because Duke's not really a one to put things in his mouth. I don't know what you're going to say. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, Grant basically found a dead uh, tapeworm in Duke's diaper and it was about a meter long. Oh my God. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I still remember that day quite clearly. So I knew, I I knew exactly uh, that it wasn't string. I didn't know what kind of worm it was. But I knew enough to uh, keep a sample um, to have it tested, and I took pictures of it because I knew if I went to my doctor and told him what I saw, the doctor would think ah, it's probably just some food or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and even after we did sent the the sample to t- for testing, it came back negative for parasites. So yeah, parasites that was my next super- question. So that's not going to show up in a parasitic test then. No, parasites are really, really, really difficult to test for and can give people some um, false negatives, basically. So when when we told this to the GAPS consultant, she basically said that that is amazing because tapeworms can live in your gut for your entire life. And the fact that it died means that you starved it of the things that it eats, which is glucose. And that's from diet alone. So we didn't do any anti-parasitic treatment. We didn't give him any worm tablets, nothing. It was just solely um, eliminating the parasites food supply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we had to go back to um, the beginning because the worm ate through our progress basically. And then Duke had a candida overgrowth because the worm facilitated that. So then his candida was crazy and he was having all sorts of other symptoms related to candida overgrowth. Um, And that was really hard because that made the eczema come back again. And he had like this itchy scalp. He had crazy ear itching, um, really bloated again. The poops were terrible again. And it was just really deflating because it felt like all the months that we had put into the diet were for nothing. Mm. But we stuck stuck with it, um, and then we s- finally, in this past summer, we started seeing uh, really good sustained healing. So every day, the first question I would ask when I came home, uh, we have a, a nanny for Duke when he's not in preschool, is, did he poop? What did it look like? I have so many pictures of poop on my phone. <laughs> I hope he never picks up my phone and goes through it because they'll be pretty grossed out. And a good poop, like a formed, normal-looking poop, for me, is the best news I could hear all day. And he's um, now, we're pushing into stage three and four, so I've started adding um, nut butter pancakes into his diet, and everything's going well. His bloating is really gone. Um he has more energy. His his skin is beautiful. We can give him um, baths every night if we want to. Um, he's swimming. Uh, it, when I can start to give him fruit, then I'll be super, super happy because then he'll be able to have what the other kids are having at preschool. But he'll never be able to uh, eat a normal sort of standard American diet. He'll always have to make sure that he has uh, fermented foods in his diet and he um, – Bone broth is is uh, super super important in the, in the gaps diet. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly cooking broth, constantly making yogurt, constantly fermenting anything I can. Um, it's it's a lot of cooking, and I've learned a lot. And uh, I know that it works. And I know, and in this group, you know, there's you know more than ten thousand parents who also can attest to the the power of the diet. Oh, yeah, sure. And then probably people who don't even know about the group as well. I mean, I think GAPS is becoming, yeah, yeah, slowly more well-known. I mean, obviously, you know, we're discussing the whole gut side of things, but, you know, 
even the name, the psychology syndrome, I know that it's you know, used in a lot of healing for, I guess, non-gut related disorders. That yes. But, Have you seen anything yeah. developmentally like setbacks when he's having a, you know, a bad patch versus, I mean, even things like, um, uh, I guess, vocab or his mood or anything like that? No, we never really had uh, any of those issues. I mean, definitely he would be, if he was going through a period of die-off, he would be super irritable. He would cry a lot. But Duke has always been, um, his behavior has always been amazing. I think he's quite um, smart for his age and he, and he's very, very vocal. He's uh, fluent in three languages. So for us, that was never an issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents, I would say most of the parents who are come into gaps do so because their children have um, autism, ADHD, dyspraxia, dyslexia, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also allergies and asthma. For us, it was eczema. That's what led us there. But um, yeah, we've we've never really seen those sorts of things with duke it was really mostly just his energy level and um he also had a lot of uh, histamine issues which we're still battling with a little bit now it's also um one of the symptoms of bad gut health is um histamine intolerance and uh that is really quite tricky uh gaps does help with it but you have to take extra precautions because histamine um grows on things that are left in the fridge, for example, mm-hmm. and fermented food. So uh, we had to st- stop giving Duke um, sauerkraut and really limit uh, his his probiotics to uh, a bottle of probiotics. Um, yeah, and, and also putting the bone broth in the freezer and just taking out the portions that we need. And we started doing that two weeks ago and I'm seeing an improvement for sure, but he wakes up all the time because his, his, his eyes are itchy, his ears are itchy and yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. Amazing that he's so happy and, and it sounds very grounded amongst all of this. Thank God. I mean, I guess in a way he doesn't really know anything different. No, he doesn't, but he's three and he will, when he starts school, when he turns four, and starts to see, starts to eat lunch with all the other kids. You know, the standard Dutch lunch is a, a cheese sandwich. So, um, and bread is really, uh, he can't eat it. He just can't eat it. Maybe in years and years when he's off the diet, if things are going well, um, he can start to have sourdough bread. But, you know, standard white loaf of bread, just no, it, it can't happen for him. So he's really, we talk about it with him a lot about hurt foods and happy foods and, you know, he's, I think he understands. Um, and even we eat different foods than he does. I try not to do it a lot in front of him, but he knows that he can't eat everything. And what about the eggs now? Can he have cooked eggs now or it still remains raw? Yeah. Now his, his breakfast that he has every day is, um, scrambled eggs with vegetables, Mm -hmm. uh, cooked in ghee. Mm -hmm. And I make the ghee myself as well because it's quite expensive. Gaps is expensive. I will say that. Um, and it's, it, it can be difficult to manage for some families because, it, you know, it's really the emphasis is on the best quality um, food that you can find. And I'm lucky to live in Amsterdam where I have access to farmer's markets a, a couple of times a week. But I've really um, learned to do a lot of it myself. So I can't get um, – the, 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 when Duke's eczema was really bad, I was using this uh, balm from the UK, which works amazing. But it was we were going through it so much, it was costing us a fortune. So I looked at the ingredients on the back and bought them all, and now I make it myself. Yeah. And that, that saved us a fortune. And making Duke's own yogurts, um, yeah, it's been that's really good as well. A massive time commitment, of course. I mean, you work, you know, Grant works. You know, it's yeah, it's it I sounds work, like I another job, right? Way. It is another job. Um, It takes me two hours to get out the door in the morning because I can't just slap a piece of toast or bowl of cereal in front of Duke. I have to. We start the morning. We get up. I give him a small glass of uh, tepid water with his probiotic in it. It's a powder, so he drinks the water. Then I have to make him a fresh pressed juice. 
and the juice is uh, vegetable juice. And then into the juice, I'm adding in a couple of supplements now to help him um, to just kind of speed up healing. So I'm adding in an L-glutamine supplement and also a 100% natural vitamin C supplement. So mm-hmm. it's a powder made from like acerola and all these other berries. Yeah. And that helps with uh, histamine, keeping the histamine under control. So I mix that into his juice. And then he drinks the juice, and the juice does not taste nice. I mean, it's full of cabbage and ugh. Um, there's nothing in there just cut into the yuckiness of the the cabbage taste. But he loves it. He'll just drink the whole thing. Um, it's amazing. And then I wait. My two would yeah. definitely not do that. <laughs> no, and it looks dis- it looks like swamp water, but he drinks it, so I'm happy. Um, and then while he's drinking his juice, that's when I go and have my shower and then I come out of the shower and then I make his eggs and then I clean the juicer and clean the dishes and clean up after him and then finish getting ready for work. And then hopefully if we have time before uh, the nanny comes and I have to leave, then we have some, uh, playtime. Yeah. And then she, our nanny is great because she follows the diet. Exactly. She writes down every day, exactly what he eats when he pooped, when he napped, what his mood was like, if he was scratching anywhere. Um, so it's, it, it makes it easier for me to be a working mother knowing that even though I'm not there, that someone is taking care of him just as I would. Yeah. No, she sounds amazing. And, And what is the sort of, I guess the outlook, I mean, where does gaps end for people or where does it sort of, I mean, I know you said I'm never going to be able to eat normal things, but I mean, you're on the the phase three and four. I mean, how many phases yeah. are there, and how does there's it- five? Yeah, there's five phases um, of uh, intro, and is it five or six? Maybe there's six. I'm pretty sure it's five. But um, the next thing that we'll add next week, if all goes well, is cooked uh, apples, which would be great because he hasn't eaten fruit in like a year. If he can tolerate cooked apple then you can start to add um raw fruit that's sort of the last thing that you add so right now he has something that's called a gaps shake and that's also for liver support and that's the juice that you then add into a blender with a egg yolk and some fermented dairy so yogurt or sour cream and it looks like this bright pink milkshake because there's beets in the juice mm-hmm. And he's able to have the fruit. Uh, there's a sour or like a Granny Smith apple, a really tart apple in the the gaps shake. And he's able to tolerate that because it's accompanied with fat. So the fat just helps it uh, be more digestible. Yeah. Um, the idea is that he can have a piece of fruit without having a bad reaction. I just sent away for another round of uh, poop tests and I'm before I do the raw fruit, I want to see how is candida, what his candida levels are. Mm-hmm. Um, candida albicans is something that's always present in your gut, but when the good bacteria isn't there to keep everything in balance, the candida is a very opportunistic um, uh, bacteria, para, not parasite, bacteria. bacteria that, yeah. yeah, that basically attaches itself to the gut wall and it's so, so, so difficult to get rid of. So I'm just, I really want to see what those levels are before I start adding in things that are more, more uh, sweet for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, but to answer your, sorry, Kaz, to answer your question. Yeah. Or where it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when they say that when you put a small kid on this diet, it's about two years. Mm hmm. Um, before you can start to move to the full GAPS diet, which is, you know, pretty good. You can can have a lot of stuff on the full GAPS diet. Um, some people go to full GAPS and then when things get bad again, they have to go back to intro, but they maybe only stay on the intro diet for like a week or a month, a, a short time before moving back into full GAPS. But because Duke um, had so many issues. It was, his gut was in really bad shape. We had to stay in, in the really strict phases for a more, um, longer stretch. Yeah. Yeah. But you can move off of it. If, you know, if you've been on full gaps for a couple of years, um, the first thing that you start to add in is new potatoes and fermented quinoa, for example, and then you just sort, sort of wait for a reaction and see how it goes. I mean, it sounds like another degree to me, and I'm guessing the mums or you know, mums or dads listening out there, maybe feeling overwhelmed. A lot of this obviously is in the book, and a lot of it is based on research too. But I guess for yes. me, it's um, you know, at some point someone has to test out these theories and then try it on kids. So, I mean, how long? When did she bring this out? I mean, obviously she tested on her own kid. 
Um, the first, uh, she opened her clinic in 1998. The first edition of the book um, came out in 2004. Right. Yeah. And it's been reprinted 12 times and it's it, it's wow. been translated into several languages as well. Amazing. And she um, she herself is um, available for the GAPS practitioners. So the GAPS practitioners out there, they go to conferences, they meet with her, they have consultations with her and she's constantly updating and um, yeah. and revising uh, the diet. Um, and the book, you know, this edition is bigger than the last edition because, you know, there's just... Um, so little funding goes into this kind of research so that the gut, gut mind connection. And now you're starting to see a lot of, uh, articles and papers about how important the gut is to your overall health, which is really nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We hear more and more about it, um, in research and, and so with most of your knowledge where you're at now, obviously for me, sound extremely knowledgeable you're also doing that with a gaps practitioner or you've sort of gone on your own and you sort of feel like you're at that point with the facebook group that you're doing it you can fly solo yeah i'm feeling pretty good about it right now because things are going well but if i ever so normally if i ever have any questions there's always gaps practitioners in the gaps kids group Mm -hmm. and it's so such a great source of knowledge and reassure, uh, reassurance. So you go and you post questions. So you we you see constantly parents who are just starting this with their kids. And like I was when I started, you have a million questions. You're really not sure if you're doing things right, if you're making your bone broth right. And I've never been in a Facebook community that has been so loving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when things aren't going well, so for example, after when Duke had the tapeworm and I felt so deflated, um, when I, after I had the GAPS consultation uh, with, her name is Becky Plotner and her website is uh, nourishingplot.com, she just, um, yeah, just made me feel like we were doing things the right way and she gave me some really good advice. And I think if I was ever in a position where I thought things should be going one way and they weren't, I would definitely um, call her again. So she does Skype consultations. She's in the US. I'm in Amsterdam. Um, there are a couple GAPS practitioners in the Netherlands, but they're not easily accessible for me. So it was easier to have a Skype call with her. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a it's an eye opener, really. I'm sure people yeah. are, you know, in, in similar boat to you already already googling and you know on amazon already as well um (laughs) i'd love you to share what were you going to say i was just going to say it's something that um you know a lot of parents i think uh have have this feeling that maybe things aren't right when their kids are really young and, and you start to see the symptoms when the gut's not well when they start eating food and so often, um, many doctors are very dismissive. You know, oh, it's it's this is this is a normal thing. Eczema is normal. It's not normal. Ex- eczema is um, a symptom of something that's not right internally, and it can't be solved with just an ointment or a cream or or a cortisone treatment. It has to be um, it's it has to be fixed from the inside out. And I think. For me, when I was getting sort of written off by my doctor, um, it was very difficult because you think that this is someone that is uh, in the medical profession and surely they know more than I do. But no, no one knows your kid as as well as you do. And if you think that something isn't right... Yeah, well, yeah, I think in, you know, pun intended, trust your gut. So, I mean, you know, I think think that, you know, a mum knows when it just doesn't sit right, you know, when you get a diagnosis and it's like, "Mm, no, I don't really feel that. I don't really, that doesn't, you know, I don't feel integrity. I don't, you know, I don't resonate with that. And I think you're right. When there's a problem, the skin, and it's a real Chinese philosophy, the skin will just, the body will push things out. You know, it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll push it out through diarrhea. It'll push it out through snot. It'll push it out and vomit. It'll push it out the skin. The body is trying to get rid of something. And so trying yeah. to smack it on top and push it in and hold it in is just, it just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And I think, you know, cortisone cream is really a band aid therapy and you haven't really got to the cause that, you know, no. I think people admit that and they know that and they just don't, they're just lost yeah. and don't have any other solution. And one more thing I just wanted to mention, and, you know, I, I'm fully aware this is, a, you know, a very controversial topic, is if, if you're um, a parent and 
for the first time and you think that your kid is having um, some issues with their digestion, um, just do a lot of reading up about um, gut compromised gut health and vaccinations because I see a lot of people in the group, um, their, their kids start displaying behavioral symptoms, so um, uh, autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, uh, after they, they get vaccinated. So in kids that have normal gut health, it's not an issue probably, but a lot of parents in the group, um, when they find out afterwards that their kids have gut issues, uh, it's, it's sort of too late and then you're on the diet for who knows how long to, you know, correct th- uh, correct a lot of, not correct a lot of things, but to see uh, healing again. There's a big connection with gut health um, and in the book, uh, gut health and these behavioral conditions. Mm-hmm. So just do your, re- do your research. Don't be bullied into anything. And if you think that there's something wrong with your kid's gut, take it seriously, please. Yeah. I mean, it's everything, right? I mean, you know, yeah. 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 So I'd love you to share a quote or an affirmation and its meaning to you and maybe on this topic or maybe, yeah, I mean, yeah, just in your parenting experience. Um, well, I'll, I'll read a quote from uh, Natasha, Dr. Natasha, uh, because I think it's a really good um, metaphor for, for the GAPS journey. Uh, a well-functioning gut with healthy gut flora holds the roots of our health and just as a tree with sick roots is not going to thrive, the rest of the body cannot thrive without a well-functioning digestive system. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was alluding to just now, that it's everything. I mean, you know, what you are what you eat, so if we can't break down our food well, we can't, you know, grow to be healthy. Yeah, and, and the, I think for me the other thing is don't uh, test uh, – sorry, don't guess, test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when that. you're on GAPS, you think – you know, every time something wasn't going right, I would go online and buy supplements, 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 spending a fortune. It doesn't work. If you if you can't fix it with diet, the supplements aren't going to do anything. You add the supplements after the things are fixed with the diet alone, and then you start to see uh, more progress. But if you just try and fix it with a bunch of supplements, you're just going to have a really uh, thin wallet and uh, frustration. Yeah, so what you're basically saying is that you're not actually able to even absorb or process the supplements that you're spending a fortune on anyway. So no, let's fix the not. gut so that we can actually yeah. take on board what the supplements are supposed to do totally yeah yeah okay well i mean obviously we've discussed a a massive struggle um in your parenting journey so far and what i really love to do on this podcast is just remind everyone around the world that you know we all have different struggles and particularly as new parents um sometimes you're on your own in your own home with your own child that won't sleep or won't eat or, or who knows what and um well i just love people sharing here so that you know we're not reinventing the wheel. And if there's a time that you could share something different that you struggled and, and I guess what you did to get out of it or what you learned, if you could share that. I think just knowing that you're never alone. There's always people that are going through the same thing that you're going through. Um, for me, it was also really important to have support. So the support from uh, my husband, my nanny and also support from from the Facebook community and the GAPS practitioners and all the people that we took Duke to see. And even my family who we were just in Canada with, they were very uh, dubious. They have this very sort of old school mentality about medical treatment. And they read the book or they read uh, a lot about the book and they finally had an understanding of what we were doing. So just knowing that you're uh, never doing it alone. And that's one of the great things about the internet. Absolutely. I know. I know. So, well, um, I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear from you what drives you and gets you up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we co-sleep, so Duke wakes me up in the morning. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah my, fam- my family drives me, um, my son, and getting him better. I hope that one day that's not, you know, the sole focus of things for me. I'm, I'm reaching out and, and doing some more volunteer work now and doing, trying to take care of myself because there was uh, last year I had a bit of a breakdown and had to book myself into a yoga retreat just because I felt so totally lost uh, in the, in the diet. 
and just you need to now I'm doing yoga uh, constantly and that really helps as well so you you have to take care of yourself and I'm sure every mother I was gonna say I think that's true for every mum that you know we all say this diet the oxygen mask first on you before before the child yeah this diet is um, no one should go into this diet thinking that it's um, a, a cakewalk. It's it's a lot of work, uh, yeah, but it's Canadian it for it's not easy, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or ba- or baker's easy. talk. I'm not sure if it's yeah, baker's yeah. talk or Canadian talk. It's, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time, but it's worth it. It it's effective, and if you stick with it, you'll you will see results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, clearly from your experience and from others that I've heard as well. But um, yeah. yeah, I just really wanted you to share because I, I know that um, you've been working with it for quite a long time. So that there's almost like an expertise hat that you could get to wear now. Um, <laughs> ask me about gaps. Yeah, right. And um, well, also I'd love to ask people if there's something, you know, just if you could go back in time to when you were pregnant, something that you'd want to tell yourself about how that, how that, motherhood journey is going to be just a little word of advice that you would like to give yourself now with the wisdom that you have what would that be it's very specific um I would have been more prepared for a birth that I had not planned for mm-hmm. because that I yeah. think um well I had a super healthy pregnancy and yeah. all through the pregnancy the midwives were you know, saying how everything was going so great. And I was doing CrossFit until I was 36 weeks. I was eating super, super healthy. And I was planning on having a natural water birth. And then labor went really, really long. And uh, he was 15 days late by that point. And then after 24 hours in labor, my contractions still, I still hadn't dilated enough. And we ended up Uh, as I said earlier, having an emergency C-section. And I just really, it was the opposite of what I had planned. And I I totally wasn't prepared for it Mm -hmm. um, at all. And I think now what I tell every friend of mine that's pregnant is if you think that, uh, not even if you think that, but if if it's a planned C-section or there's a chance that it could go to an emergency C-section, talk to your in Amsterdam, we have a midwife uh, and a lot of people use doulas as well, but talk to them about vaginal seeding because I feel that if I had known about vaginal seeding when I was pregnant, maybe we could have prevented a lot of this. Yeah. So let's just tell people what that is. That's when the baby yeah. doesn't go through the birth um, canal and so they're not exposed to the vaginal flora, which is really the, the first time the baby comes from a sterile environment. Um, yeah, so that's their opportunity. And it sort of covers, you know, if you think about how a baby comes out, you know, face, well, often face first, it can be breached. But it's yeah. literally covering, you know, all, all orifices and, and, you know, basically their mouth. And, you know, it's almost like the swallowing, um, you know, this, uh, this vaginal flora. And it's not like the baby just slips on out. So they're going back, forth, back, forth, back, forth yeah. a little bit as well. So, I mean, the theory is just to tell people who don't know is that you might, um, get a swab, uh, internally if you're going to have a C-section where that is then rubbed over the baby and all over the baby, like all over their face and yeah, just in yeah. crevices and things so that they are exposed to the vaginal flora that they would have been in, in that natural process. And that the yeah. theory is then if they then have the colostrum, um, which is another immune booster and then the breast milk that then they're set up to have that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, an optimal, optimal, um, immune start anyway. And that's that, you know, yeah. you've covered all your bases. Yeah. If the, they, they say that the, the, the gut, uh, needs to be seeded with good bacteria within the first 20 hours, mm-hmm. uh, in order for it to take root. So, uh, in our case that didn't happen, which is, uh, you know, likely why we're in the situation we are now. Um, and then also, you know, in the hospital with a C-section, I just didn't, they were giving, uh, giving Duke, you know, milk formula that was the first thing that hit his stomach so when you don't have the good bacteria is the first thing in your gut everything else kind of takes over so all of the the opportunistic flora and you're just starting from sort of a negative uh situation yeah proteins that were not designed for a baby human at that point exactly yeah yeah no, yeah, I think there's a lot more awareness now, even in since um, Duke was born. To be honest, in the seeding, totally. You know, it's a lot more. Yeah, I'm reading a lot like, of it. Even things like Huffington Post and you know mainstream, it gets out there as well. Um, so yeah. 
what would be some of the best advice you ever received in parenting or in your pregnancy or what would be the best advice? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say don't guess test Mm -hmm. because in my particular situation, Duke has seen so many specialists and had so many tests that, um, you know, you can go a long way with just internet research and, and, you know, you're your own child's advocate and you shouldn't let anyone try and push you into something that doesn't feel right in your gut. Um, I am much stronger in my uh, uh, positions now when I go to the doctor and if I don't think that um, something sits right, I'm I'm not going to do it because I I see Duke, you know, almost like 24 hours a day. I we co-sleep. I'm still breastfeeding him. I know him, and no mother is ever going to know uh, anyone as much as they know their own kids. So you're you're the expert. You're the best person to know what's uh, going on with your kid. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I think at least um, you know four out of five people. When I ask that question, it's listen to your gut, you know, mother's instinct knows best and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've already shared some amazing resources. You probably have some more. I mean, you mentioned the Facebook GAPS um, Kids group. GAPS Kids. There's also a GAPS Adults group. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the book. I mean, you have, before you do this diet, you have to read the book. Um, It's, there's a lot of information on uh, Dr. Natasha's website, gaps.me. There's a lot of FAQs there, but the really the first place you should start is the book. And actually one of the prerequisites for getting into the GAPS kids group is to read the book first. It's not an open group. There's a protocol um, that you have to go to join, and reading the book is the first thing. What was her website again? Gaps. It's gaps.me. .me, yeah. Yeah, and what is the sort of general theory now, or not theory, the feeling towards her, you know, in the medical community? Like if you mention it to your GP, has you got any idea what you're talking about? No. You're just that crazy no. mum that comes in every now and then? Yeah, I mean, when I go in and tell my – I mean, we rarely go to the um, our general doctor now. Um, and when I do and I mention gut dysbiosis, they Google it. So yeah. – they're not, you know, and when I take him to the, the wellness checks to do his height and weight, they they tell me I need to be feeding him six slices of bread a day. So really nutrition is not something that's on the radar yeah. for um, the doctors here. No. And even if you, no. you said gut uh, dysbiosis, if you found the word in Dutch, they still wouldn't have a clue what that is? No. No. Okay. No, not, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm, well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, so much. Like, you know, yeah, honestly, your story, but just, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's another job. It's, you know, it is. Yeah. 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 But I really just, I mean, my passion for doing this episode really was driven by if we can just help one person out there. And I know you're exactly the same. I know that you give a lot of time yeah. helping people who are going through the same thing as well. Um, and I guess that's just that whole giving back, like the, the group gives back to you too. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out and, and hiring the room so that you could be on the recording with me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care. Hey, bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.